Praise his name with harps and tambourines, with pipes and cymbals and trumpets. Praise him with dancing. Let all flesh bless his name forever and ever. Amen. Amen. talk to you 24 7 you. you pour out your love and your blessings upon us endlessly praise you thank you for that amen Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. Amen. We thank you for your surpassing greatness. We bless your holy name. We thank you for the great things you've done. The way you brought Jesus back to life, the resurrection from the dead, and given us new life through him. We praise you for the new life we have. Amen. Amen. Lord, we just thank you that you lift us out of the pit. You lift us out of the miry clay and you set our feet upon the rock of Jesus. And as we worship this morning, Jesus, I pray that for those who are experiencing the, the miry clay of the pit, I pray, Lord, that you would encounter them through your spirit and that you would lift them up and put their feet on the solid rock of Jesus. Lord, we pray for those who are weary and tired, for those who uh, perhaps have their compassion tank for care has run out. Lord, we pray for those who are grieving. Lord, for all the struggles that we experience, we bring them to you. And Jesus, we ask that by your spirit, you would lift us out of the pit. Lord, lift our feet out of the miry clay. Jesus, may we know you, our rock, our redeemer, our savior this morning. Holy Spirit, would you meet us as we sing? Would you inhabit the praises of your people? And would we be healed and lifted up this morning? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You are I've called you to the mountaintop. I'm encouraging you to reach up, to reach higher, to climb higher. There's an abundance of all that you can see from a high place that I'm calling to you, you to. You can see the mighty evidence of my work. You can see my healings. You can see the giftings of my Holy Spirit to you, to strengthen you with might by that same Holy Spirit, that you may be the people I want you to be, <clears throat> the people I've called you to be, the people I'm trusting you to be the people who will be seen as those who are the people of the kingdom. Amen. Amen. Yes. 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 You are my home in times of trouble. You lift me up. 
Isn't it great to be in God's presence this morning? This morning, when we were praying before, before we started the service, we had a sense that, that some people were coming in with heaviness. That's what Martin's prayer was about. That's what we've, we've sensed this morning. But today, this whole service is about praise. This whole service is about giving God the glory. So one of the things I know is that praise is infectious. So when somebody next to you starts praising, it's really hard not to praise. Put aside your burden and praise, the God. praise God. Just praise him this morning. That's our desire is that you would come into the courts of the king this morning and meet with him. This whole service, everything we're doing today is about praise. So even when we're reading the word, even when we're doing notices, everything is praising God this morning. Even though our flesh may fail, everything that is in within me praises holy day. <laughs> Thanks, Bank. <laughs> so it's time for the young people to go off to their groups. So the Exodus begins. And can we also take up the offering, please? Let's pray for our young people as they go and for the offering. Thank you, Jesus, for our amazing young people. Thank you for the life and the joy that they bring. Lord, we pray now that as they go out and start to learn more about you, Jesus, that they start to learn the stories that we grew up with, that you sealed into our hearts. Lord, as they, they hear about, about Noah and they hear about Jacob and they hear about amazing colored coats, Lord, we thank you. Lord, that in all the stories that they hear, that there's truth. And Lord, we pray that you would just enable that truth to go deep down into their hearts this morning. Lord, we want to see our young people worshipping and praising you and giving glory to you. And Lord, we thank you for the money that's been given this morning and that that's gone through bank accounts. Lord, with our, with our finances, with our, the funds that you give us, we praise and glorify your name as we give that. We are cheerful givers. And so, Lord, this morning, we ask that you would just use that money, Lord, to, to just extend your kingdom here in Newhall. And, Lord, I'm specifically thinking right now about Alpha, Lord. We pray that you would set upon our hearts people that we can invite so that, Lord, they may also come to know you and be praising you in this sanctuary. If we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Let's have the word of God. Can we have the word of God a bit bigger for me, please? <laughs> keep going, keep going. There we go. <laughs> Thank you, Quentin. These old eyes will live again. No, right. Praise the Lord. Praise. Do you know what? Let's say this together because I think it's good that we say the word of God. Ready? Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with trumpet sound. Praise him with lute and harp. Praise him with tambourines and dance. 
Praise him with strings and pipe. Praise him with sounding cymbals. Praise him with loud clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And Lord, now as we come to hear your word spoken out to us, as we come to hear what you've put on Martin's heart this morning, Lord, Holy Spirit, just inhabit Martin. Lord, just be with him right now. And Lord, may we we just learn more about praise this morning, because that's our heart. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Steve, and the band for leading us so, so well. Bless you. That was, that was wonderful. Wonderful worship. Bless you. Thank you so much. Um, I, I, this is, I, was, um, I hadn't got this in my notes, but God said, tell some testimony. Just, just share some testimony. So um, my, uh, my upbringing was in a very, I was, I was brought up in a Christian family, but my parents were very reserved, um, stiff upper lip. Um, you know, you didn't, you didn't do emotions. It was, uh, I remember on a Sunday afternoon, um, we used to have afternoon tea after church, the salmon uh, paste would come out and the, the sandwiches with the crust cut off and all the rest of it. Very solemn and very kind of subdued atmosphere. So I'm sh- not like your home, I'm sure, that's exuberant and people fighting t- for the conversations. And we were very, aust- quite austere, quite reserved. And that was that was the kind of, we didn't do emotions at home. We didn't uh, express love. We didn't do hugs. And uh, God set me free from, from that. God set me free. Um, and I'm glad about that because um, emotional reserve can be an issue for us. We, we, we're not really bringing the whole of ourselves to God. When we allow um, uh, the way that we've been shaped by our ancestors, by our parents, grandparents to shape us, there's something about that which can limit our ability to enter fully into joy and exuberance and relationship with God. God is a God of emotions as well as the mind, right? God wants us to engage emotionally as well as with our reason. And God has set me free from a reason-based approach to faith. Praise the Lord. If he can do it for me, he can do it for you. Hallelujah. So I get to the sermon now. So if that's you, if you've been raised with a very kind of rationally based um, approach to life, which I'm going to show you later is not how God made us, by the way. We are only dealing with one side of the brain, the left brain. We need to be dealing with the left and the right brain in our worship. Truth, reason is important, the mind is important, but the emotions are as important, right? And our bodies are important too. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. During the war, there you go, Joyce saying we used to sing. We sing all the time in our culture, don't we? We have a music and singing are really important in our culture, uh, whether it's TV programs like The Voice or The Masked Singer, the Barmy Army at the cricket, Swing Low, Sweet Chariot at the rugby, although we won't mention rugby at the moment. Oh dear, I've just done it. Football chanting, anybody stood on a terrace and chanted? I have. Um, Anybody sung in a community choir, church choir, yeah? 
Abba, Abba said, didn't they, thank you for the music. Without a song or a dance, are we? I can't disagree, can you? Without a song or a dance, somebody said hallelujah. <laughs> hallelujah to Abba. Praise God. I must admit, I love singing among God's people. I love gathering to sing with God's people because it's so powerful. But how is our singing and music in church unique compared to a community choir or singing on a football terrace or karaoke, which I was doing the other day? Right? How is, how is music and singing in church different? Four ways, not three, four. It's not my fault, it's the text. First, what is worship? Second, what do, where do we worship? Third, why do we worship? Fourth, how do we worship? So first, what is worship? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord translates as hallelujah in the Hebrew. And hallelujah means something like this, according to Christopher Ashe, the commentator. Quote, come on, all of you. I want you to praise the Lord. That's what hallelujah means. It's an invitation. It's a call to praise the Lord. It's the worship leader saying, come on, guys, let's praise the Lord together. Hallelujah. The psalm makes it clear this is to be expressed in the breath of our bodies and the use of music through a variety of instruments. Um, we've got quite a few stringed instruments this morning, which is great. We, got, we did put tambourines out, um, but we did have a variety of instruments, which is very fitting for this psalm, isn't it? And thank God for all of our musicians. Bless you. So we sing with the breath of our bodies. But we also use music in our worship. But what is praise of God? Um, everybody praises, don't they? Everybody in the world praises. C.S. Lewis, back in the 50s, in his book, uh, The Psalms, puts it like this, quote, the world rings with praises. Readers, their favorite poet. Walkers praise the countryside. Players praise their favorite game. Praise of weather, wines, dishes, actors, motors, horses, colleges, countries, and so on. Everybody praises. But there's something unique about praising God and the Psalms, isn't there? Um, the Westminster Confession says that the highest duty of man, it's old fashioned, so excuse the non-inclusive language, the highest duty of human beings, we could say, is to praise God and give him glory. There is nothing higher than you can do than come to church and sing praises to God. This is, this is, this, this is the highest duty you have. Wow, what a privilege. And we don't get persecuted in this country yet, do we? We're not fear of being shut down. We should be more grateful for this highest privilege, shouldn't we? Some of you don't look sure. <laughs> we praise who and what we love, don't we? I love reading. I love Costa coffee. I love curries. And I praise those things. Not all of them. Some are better than others. But I praise those things. I give voice to it because it completes my enjoyment. Um, if I said, this would be bizarre, wouldn't it? If I said, well, I don't really need to express my love for a family member or for a friend, my devotion to a friend, they, they kind of just know it. So I never do that. That's a bit bizarre, isn't it? Because it's like saying, well, 
I don't need to give voice to these things because I don't want them to have a big head. That's the excuse, isn't it? God, dear. I wished, I prayed that I would have been given more expression, communication, words of love. Right? We need those. We're built for them. It doesn't make us big-headed. It just makes us human beings. We communicate with our words as well as with our actions, right? So when we, set, when we tell someone we love them and then our actions back up that love, it makes the words even more powerful, doesn't it? So we communicate our love for God by singing it, singing out words. I think we have to get over ourselves sometimes. We just have to tell people that we love them, that we appreciate them. Absolutely, Joyce. Bless you. Our delight in God pleases him. Did you know that? When you delight in God the Father, it pleases him. And this is what happens. Psalm 22, verse 3. But you are holy who inhabit the praises of Israel. Wow. When we sing praise to God, God inhabits the praises of his people. The Holy Spirit comes in power as we sing praises to God. That's why we experience the presence of God as we sing to God. That's why you felt moved in your soul and spirit by the Holy Spirit this morning. Because as you drill near to God in sung worship, he sends his spirit. That's how it works. That's why I love being in church. Because God inhabits the praises of his people. Second, where do we worship? We're to praise God in his sanctuary, praise him in his mighty heavens. Um, of course, this referred to the Israelites praising God in the Jerusalem temple. That was the place where God's presence dwelt powerfully. And that's where the cloud, the pillar of cloud came down. We've sung about the mountain this morning. We sung about the cloud of God's presence. Well, the cloud came on the mountain, but then the cloud came in the temple, the presence of God. Now, um, because of Jesus, the presence of God dwelt in Jesus, who, who tabernacled God's presence among us. He became God's tent among us. And when he ascended back to heaven, he sent his Holy Spirit, who now lives in each Christian. We have become a mini temple or a living stone, if you want to change the metaphor, of the presence of God. Isn't that wonderful? So when you're sitting next to someone in church or in front or behind them, you're like living stones built into a wall. Do you see? So have a look at the wall outside with the bricks. Well, you're one of those living stones supported on top of, underneath, next to lots of other living stones, just like you are today. And you know what happens when living stones full of God's presence all get together? Oh, yes, God's presence dwells not just in the individuals, but among that spiritual temple, with and among. Isn't that good? Yeah. And we're to worship God in his mighty heavens. When we come together in worship on a Sunday or whenever it is in the week, we're joining with all the saints around the throne of God who've gone before us. And so as we sing praises to God, we remember those who've gone on before us as Christians and where our praises are joining with theirs, praising the Lamb at the throne of grace. Isn't that wonderful thought? 
Third, why do we worship? We are to praise God for his acts of power. We're to praise him for his surpassing greatness. It matters what we sing, doesn't it? The words matter. We have some very able people, and I'm grateful for them, who lead worship here. Very theologically astute and thoughtful people who choose songs very carefully under the guidance of the Holy Spirit because they fit with the theme and the flow of the service. They're not randomly flicking through songs of fellowship or randomly just going through the latest YouTube worship. They're actually thinking about the sermon and the words and the Holy Spirit is guiding them in that. Have you noticed that? We should be more grateful for those who lead our worship. They put hours and hours of prayer and thought into leading. You see, words are powerful and we're to praise God for his acts of power. In the Old Testament, they would praise God for delivering them across the Red Sea out of Egypt and, and uh, towards, the, towards Canaan, the promised land. We have crossed over as Christians from death, from separation from God, into life through the death and resurrection of Jesus. Wow. We've not just crossed over the Red Sea. We've crossed over from death to life spiritually. We have even more reasons to praise God for his acts of mighty power than the psalmist did, don't we? Every Sunday is a celebration of the resurrection, isn't it? This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice. This is the day when the spirit came. This is the day when he rose again. We will rejoice. And we're to praise God for his surpassing greatness. God is the greatest being that ever is and ever will be. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He's the source of all life and power and knowledge. He's perfect in wisdom, justice, glory, holiness. He's worthy of our praise. Um, couldn't we, for, for, for the non-singers amongst us, do we have to sing? I'm asking the question. Do we have to sing? We're not all singers, are we? Can we, do, can we just read scripture like we read Psalm 150 this morning? Or can we just express biblical truth through prayer, reading scripture out loud? Why do we need to sing? Well, music and singing stir up and express our emotions. And emotions are a good thing in worship. Read the Psalms. Joy, gladness, shouting. They're all there in the Psalms. The Psalms are not afraid of emotions, unlike uh, Victorian culture was in the 1800s. Scared stiff of emotion based on the enlightenment and rationalism. Um, by the way, the, that kind of Victorian fear of expressing emotion um, sort of carried over from the previous century, the 18th century. I've been doing a bit of research on this. The age of enlightenment, um, this is Descartes, isn't it? Um, I think, therefore I am. It made the, 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 the reasoning mind the, the be-all and end-all, the highest sort of form of, of, of being, when actually the Bible has always been body, mind, and soul, hasn't it? It's always been holistic, whereas our, the Age of Enlightenment put reason ahead of everything else, and Victorian England never really recovered from that. 
It was as if you could sing truth, but don't be emotional about it. You know, the highest form of worship is rational thoughts, but don't get swept up into emotions. Dangerous to go there. It's flesh, it's sinful, it's bodily. Incorrect. Sorry, it's wrong. It's wrong. The Bible tells me so. <laughs> Bob Corflin, some of you will know Bob Corflin. He's a worship leader and theologian. He says this, quote, our deepest, strongest, purest affections should be reserved for God himself. And he gave us singing to help us express them. Correct. Jonathan Edwards, the 18th century American revivalist, quote, the duty of singing praises to God seems to be given wholly to excite and express religious affections. Amen. Amen. Wesley was not afraid of emotions, nor should we be. Newton was not afraid of emotions, nor should we be. Some Christians do struggle with emotions. I struggled with emotions, right? I struggled because that was the way I was brought up. Repress your emotions. Reason is everything. God set me free. He can set you free. If, you're, if you struggle with anti-emotionalism, I'd love to pray with you. The prayer team would love to pray with you afterwards to, get, to set you free. We're not called to be stiff upper lip. We're called to be people who express their emotions fully to God. Psalm 100, shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Not with somber sobriety, long faces. Worship the Lord with gladness. Do you hear the emotion, the exuberant joy in that? We have to get over ourselves. We have to seek God for healing if we're struggling with that. And it, it wasn't easy for me to admit to it, right? We sing because God is a singing God. Did you know that? God's a singing God. Um, Zephaniah 3.17, God rejoices over us with singing. Wow. God loves to sing over you. He delights in you. He's singing over you right now that he loves you. Ephesians 5.18.19 indicates the Holy Spirit inspires spiritual songs. We had some spontaneous spiritual singing this morning, didn't we? It's biblical. It's there in the scripture, spiritual songs, says Paul, as well as hymns and psalms. Spontaneous singing in the spirit, powerful. We sing because music helps us remember truth about God. As the Israelites were about to enter the promised land, God told Moses to teach them a song. Deuteronomy 31, here it is. When many evils and troubles have come upon them, this song shall comfort them as a witness, for it will live unforgotten in the mouths of their offspring. So when they get to the other side of the Red Sea and have crossed over, they will keep singing that song and remember that it was God who delivered them. Um, I was raised in church in the 70s and 80s, and I have, a, I have an uncanny ability to remember choruses from the 70s and 80s. So if you ever, I, might, I will sometimes sing in the shower a chorus from the 70s or 80s. I sometimes am caught singing down the canal a chorus from the 70s or 80s and people look at me really oddly. <laughs> Honestly, they must think I'm nuts. 
But that's okay. We remember what we sing. We get our theology from what we sing, don't we? What we sing shapes us and changes us. Something about singing imprints in our neural pathways of our brain the words that we're singing. They get embedded into our brains and we remember truth by singing it. That's why we sing, right? Um, number of people I've visited in hospital who can still sing hymns, even though they can't remember some of their nearest and dearest, right? They can recite whole chapters of scripture because songs that are based on it, such as Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, the crimmond, they've remembered the whole words of that psalm because, they, because of the hymn, right? We remember what we sing. So be careful what you sing. By the way, um, there is a place for singing love songs to Jesus. That's biblical. They're in the Psalms, love songs to Jesus. But we've got to remember that if we base our worship only on our feelings towards Jesus, we're going to come unstuck, right? We begin with the truth of who God is and how great he is, right? We can then move from there to emotion and worship. But we all come in, some of us, quite frankly, are in the miry clay as we come to worship. Our feet are sticking. We're struggling with, with life, right? We need to remember how good God is, how faithful he is, how great he is, how powerful he is. To be lifted out of the miry clay, we need to focus our beginning worship on God and who he is and what he's done. From there, we can move towards expressing our emotions a little bit more, right? But if we start with, Lord, I love you, it may be that people are not, not able to go there early on. They may make a journey towards that, but uh, we need to be careful in how we shape and take people on a journey in our worship. That's what I'm saying, okay? Fourth, how do we worship? Verses three to six. Praise to God should be expressed using a variety of musical instruments. Um, Old Testament worship must have been quite noisy, mustn't it? <laughs> Clashing cymbals, tambourines, trumpets. I've got a trumpet. I used to play it. That's quite loud. Um, I'm still trying to convince a French hornist to play, but uh, I haven't succeeded. But there are some, <laughs> some instruments are louder than others. Um, but, and that's absolutely right, isn't it? Different tones for different expressions of worship. You know, you don't want to be quite, if you've just crossed the Red Sea, and God's just done a miracle and closed the water over, over the Egyptians, and you've been rescued, you're not going to go, let's have a quiet, reflective song. <laughs> you're going to get the tambourines out, and you're going to party, aren't you? Yeah. Exodus 15, 20, we read this. Then Miriam, the prophetess, Aaron's sister, took a tambourine in her hand, and all the women followed her with tambourines and singing. Miriam sang to them, sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. The horse and its rider he has hurled into the sea. We could have that one next Sunday, couldn't we? <laughs> Do you reckon we could sing that? I'll tell you what you could sing. Satan has been hurled down to the earth by the victory of Jesus. That's biblical. 
for us today, isn't it? That Satan has been defeated and toppled, thrown down. We can still sing that Satan should be dethroned in our worship, that he should be overcome, that we're victorious through Christ, shouldn't we? Amen. We have crossed over, not the Red Sea, but from death to life. Because Jesus was raised from the dead. He's conquered death. He's conquered guilt. He's conquered fear. He's conquered shame. He's conquered sin. He's brought us into a joyful, living relationship with the Father, Son, and the Spirit that's full of joy, life, fullness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Um, I'm doing my dissertation on joy, in case you wondered. <laughs> and I'm looking... I'm looking at the joy that exists in the Trinity between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and how that overflows to us. Even pastors can join the party. <laughs> it's great. It's great. We get to play. We get to sing. We get to dance. We get to hit tambourines and wave flags. You see, Miriam's worship shows us it's right to celebrate. It's right to use our body. You try playing a tambourine rigidly, you can't do it. We're meant to use our bodies in worship, aren't we? We're meant to lift the name of Jesus high. I love to wave a flag. I love to raise my arms. I love to hit a tambourine. I love to move my feet and even dance, although I'm not a good dancer. I'm a bit nervous to dance. <laughs> but Miriam danced. Alan read out a passage where there was dancing. We're made to worship God with our whole body, the breath of our mouths, our hands lifted high, bowing down, dancing. It's all there in the Psalms. We have to get over our English reserve. It's funny, though. Um, we, we talk about English reserve, but if you ever go to a concert or a football match, there's no reserve to be seen. <laughs> and yet we come to church and we're very austere and uh, reserved, aren't we, and stiff upper lip and... We go to a football match, we're like, Way! or a concert, yeah. Thank you, Albert. And we come to church, it's, oh, yes, yes. Mm. Why? The Psalms are full of joyful, exuberant, glad, physical praise. We have to get over the Victorian nonsense. The problem is not emotions, the problem is emotionalism, right? We've all been in meetings where the, the person at the front has whipped up emotions so that we, we're in that place. We're not sure we're worshipping God as much as the worship leader or the emotions. That's not what's happening in this church. That's not what's happening here. We're being moved in our emotions to worship Jesus here in this church. And I thank God for it. It's just that some of us need to be set free like me, like I was. I don't, I don't care whether you lift your hands or not, whether you clap or not. I just want you to be free. I just want you to be unrestricted. I want you to worship with integrity and sincerity. I want you to look at someone who's doing worship differently to you and you go, oh, I love the fact that they're engaging with Jesus. And not say, oh, I wonder if that's an act of integrity and sincerity. Hmm. <laughs> Said the Pharisee, right? 
<laughs> we want to be free. We want to be free. Jesus has set us free by the truth. You will be set free. If he can set me free, he can set you free. He can do it for you as well. We have the greatest opportunity every Sunday to praise God because Jesus is raised. He's at the right hand of the Father. He's given us his spirit who fuels our worship and he's coming again in glory to bring a new heaven and a new earth. That's cause for celebration, isn't it? Hello? Some of you don't look sure. I think some of you are still stuck in Victoriana. (laughs) Come on, church. Let's break the mold of this nonsense that's been passed down to us from the past. Break free in the name of Jesus. I pray, Holy Spirit, you break the mold that's restricting some of us. You break down our barriers, break down our walls, Lord Jesus. Soften our hearts. Set us free, Lord, as you set me free, so that we can sing amazing grace as John Newton wanted it sung, with emotion and passion and joy and gladness. Oh, Holy Spirit, I pray that the joy that exists between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit would flood this church. There'd be a river of joy flowing from this church out into this community, and that it would begin in the fuel-centered workshop of worship. Come, Holy Spirit, have your way among us. In Jesus' name, amen. I believe there's a word here for some of us this morning. I, 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 I didn't want to give my testimony because it's quite a sensitive area for me. But I believe God wants to do some stuff in some of you who are feeling a little bit restricted. He wants to set you free so you can engage emotionally with him. If that's you, can I encourage you to stay and get some prayer? Come to the front if you want, or just while the rest of us are going for a coffee, just stay where you are and the, a member of the prayer team will come and just pray for the love of God to flood your soul and give you the ability to worship joyfully and, and gladly. Amen. I'm done. Worship. Let's stand, shall we? Grab a tambourine. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands, and 10,000 times 10,000. It's not a number we can even calculate. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. In a loud voice they were saying, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them saying, To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. The four living creatures said, Amen, and the elders fell down and worshipped.
Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that we one day we're going to stand with the angels and sing your praises. But for now, all my soul will worship your holy name. Amen. Go out into this day worshiping God. Amen. <laughs>